that time of the month. You're listening to the monthly at Winifred's. Here's a Fulia. Here's a Kendall. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. For the final episode of 2021. Woo. Another year. Yes. Done. We are at uh, the end of 2021. Christmas has come and gone. Yes. We've had our Boxing Day sales. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We survived. We survived. (laughs) Somehow. Mm. Somehow. It was a rough... It was a rough year. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's okay, because we're here, and we had a good... Mostly a good month, I Mm -hmm. think. I think. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Fulia, do you want to tell me about your month? What you got up to in December? If I can remember. If you can go remember. Let's let's see what I can remember. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. So pretty much just been watching a lot of things. Um, Managed to go to the movie to see a certain Spooderman. (coughs) Holy moly. (laughs) I can't speak. Uh, Yes. Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home. Oh my goodness. What a Freaking ride! Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we did a full on spoiler cast review on the we podcast did. called Fred. Yes. So if you want to go check that out, please go check out our epic two part uh, podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> epic is epic. a word. Epic is, <laughs> epic is definitely the word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can find our thoughts on that there. Yes. yes. Um. Also got to watch a couple of things on streaming services, especially Christmas movies leading up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, got to watch The Santa Claus. Um, I always watch every year The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Lovely. It's always my favorite. Um, I even decided to go and watch Home Sweet Home Alone. Mm. <sighs> mm. <laughs> Let's never speak of it again. No. <laughs> Done. Done and dusted. Yep. Gone. Yep. Mm. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, and it also got to um watch a new film on Disney called Encanto. Encanto. It just got released over the Christmas weekend. Um it's a musical animated film. Uh, and I believe it's about a Colombian family. Okay. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's very very colorful. It's all about the magic in this family, and it all comes down to this one character who does not have the gift. No. <laughs> Which was a really really interesting. So for those of you who want to go check it out, it is now available to watch on Disney Plus. Um, I highly recommend watching it. It's actually quite a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it just, um, it's a, it, it's a movie about family essentially. Mm-hmm. So it's a feel good movie. Good. <laughs> right in the feel good sweet spot that Disney likes to hit. Yes. Nice. Definitely. And nice. Um, other things I've been doing, I uh, went cherry picking with my girls. Yeah. We do this every year. Absolutely love it. So much fun. Um, and we just go out, spend a day out in the cherry orchards and just pick and eat cherries and eat all the cherry flavored food. And, oh, it's so good. <laughs> Always a lot of fun. Um, and then we ended up, uh, going back home, uh, watching a movie, Christmas movie, of course, and, uh, eating pizza. Great. And then swap presents. Great. Cause that's what we always do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and uh, and my Christmas was spent over at the game residence. Yes. Um, my best friend and her family always invite me to their Christmas because my family doesn't celebrate Christmas. Uh, so it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I go celebrate it with a friend's family instead. Yes. <laughs> and I'm practically part of the furniture with them. So it's nice. Uh, it's, yeah, tradition for me to be be there. <laughs> Excellent. We did KK presents mm-hmm. so that we're not buying so many presents for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up um, with one of Alex's nieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I she needed some protective gear for her switch light. I was the right person for that. Yeah. Went <laughs> full ham on some of the protective gear that we have um, at work. So mm-hmm. she was very pleased with that. Right. Um, and then she ended up with me as her KK, surprisingly. Wow. Um, and she got me really cute Animal Crossing related thing. Aww. Like the way she packed it was she got like um, a white gift box that had red ribbons because that's the flying balloon that you see in Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was missing was the balloon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, she packed it full of um from my wish list um a lot of japanese sweets and like little sort of like mochi and daifuku and just like other little tea biscuits and pocky oh my gosh i felt spoiled in that box (laughs) good as you should and um what else oh and there's one uh, there's one more part to to the actual um to the presents that I didn't get, unfortunately, because they were waiting on it and it didn't arrive on time. Mm-hmm. So I'm still waiting on it, but she told me what it is and I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> and she also, uh, she also sent me some, um, some amiibo cards as well. So animal crossing amiibo cards. Aww. So I'm just like, and I did a little, uh, a reveal on stream. Oh, nice. So, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I'd say that's pretty much been my month apart from, you know, working, especially leading up to Christmas, doing all of the work. Yep. All the work. Picking up all of the shifts. All of the shifts. (laughs) Very good. Yeah. That's, that's been my month. How has your month been? (laughs) My month is, yeah, been quite similar to that. I've, you know, watched a bunch of stuff myself Mm -hmm. and, and, and yeah, done the Christmas thing and done the work thing. It's yeah. Very similar. Yeah. My December. Um, I have been to the movies a number of times, of course, because, you know, it's not me if I'm not, not at the cinema once a week, really. <laughs> so, um, I started off December seeing a French movie called Titan, which is one of the weirdest films I've ever seen. Mm. Um, but it was very good. It was okay. very, it was very weird. <laughs> very weird. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't really explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's how weird it is. That's how weird it is. Ba- well, basically, the main character. I mean, she she when she's a kid, she get, is in a car accident, mm. and uh, she ends up having a titanium plate um, put on her skull mm-hmm. um, to keep her alive. And uh, yeah, and then as an adult, she's into some weird shit, and mm. bad things start happening. So okay, but then there's also a really sweet story in there, um, like a family sort of a family story. That ends up happening out of really bad and uncomfortable circumstances. Yeah. But it has a heart to it, which was very interesting. So, yeah, if you're okay with being confronted by <laughs> cinema, 
then watch Titan. Okay. Uh, but it's not for the faint of heart, I will say. Um, what else? Uh, the French Dispatch, speaking of French, <laughs> um, finally saw Wes Anderson's new movie, The French Dispatch, um, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. Just pure Wes Anderson quirkiness um, and just the cast on it is just phenomenal because you've got Bill Murray, who's playing the head of this newspaper. <laughs> um, Francis McDormand's in it. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, who else? Saoirse Ronan. Um, Owen Wilson's in there, of course. Of course. <laughs> so Jason Schwartzman. Um, yeah, and a plethora of actors that I'm forgetting to name right now. Edward Norton's in it briefly too. So it's yeah, it's just this amazing cast, all star cast, and this fantastic quirky story told in uh, three separate parts about three different articles that take place. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, that was quite that was quite good. So, yes, The French Dispatch was awesome. Highly recommend. Uh, and then what else did I say after that? Next film I saw was coincidentally another Timothy Chalamet film. <laughs> uh, Dune. 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 Um, <laughs> finally got to see that after waiting for so long to, to get a chance to watch it because it came out earlier in the US. They saw it in October. Uh, and of course it was delayed because of the pandemic too. So, uh, yeah, so just really happy to finally see it. It was incredible. It's one of the best films I've seen all year easily, probably top five. Uh, and you know, one of the best sci-fi films made in a long time, incredibly well done from every kind of aspect of filmmaking. Uh, you could think of really, it's just, it looks beautiful. Uh, and the performances of the cast are fantastic and the story's really interesting and I said this on a podcast called Fred I think but basically it's you know you can see where George Lucas got the inspiration for Star Wars from this a little bit because it has that kind of good versus evil story going on and like you know one one young boy is like the prodigal son who will rise up and defeat the forces of darkness sort of thing so it's that so it's very similar to Star Wars in uh, that way yes. yeah but but Dune came first because Frank Herbert wrote the book in the 60s or at least published it in the 60s I believe the first book of Dune anyway there's many um but but yeah it was it was awesome it's just a complete spectacle and if you do get a chance to see it at the cinema please do because it is almost done because it's been out for uh, nearly a month so it'll be finishing up soon so please go see it if you can um and then of course there was there was Spider-Man yes there was Spider-Man <laughs> There he was. Spider-Man! Um, <laughs> finally! Oh my god. No Way Home finally came out. We finally saw it on opening night. And uh, my goodness. Just, yeah. One of the best. One of the definitely top tier MCU film, I would say. Like, probably in, in the, the top ten easily, I think, of the whole MCU. Uh, and probably my favourite Maybe my favorite Spider-Man movie. I don't know. That's a bit. It's a bit tough to still say if it's. I think it might be my favorite of the Tom Hollands. Um, and don't worry, we're not going to spoil it here for you guys. <laughs> Even though it's been out for a couple of weeks already, but we won't spoil it here again. Like Fulia said, if you want to hear our spoilery thoughts, go to a podcast called Fred because we spoil it there in complete epic detail. Um, but yeah, needless to say, it's yeah, it's just. Awesome. It's a great Spider-Man film. It does great things with the character and for the MCU as a whole. And there's just, 
so much to love about it. Yeah. But, but bring tissues if you're going because oh, it's, yeah. it's an emotional ride. It's not, not just a just just an adventure to go on. It's, it will pull the heartstrings quite a bit. Uh, so please, please just be be warned. You, <laughs> you're gonna cry. Um, so yeah, so that was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I went to Bendigo a couple of times uh, during December. So I caught up with some girlfriends. Um, you know, uh, last week, which was really nice because I hadn't seen, because again, you know, we try and we literally at this, I don't know if it was like 2019 or the start of the pandemic, early 2020, we, that was when we decided, oh, we need to start having these regular lunches. And then of course we're in lockdowns. So these regular lunches couldn't even happen. So <laughs> the timing was not so great. So basically every time that a lockdown ends, we organize a catch up. Now. <laughs> the only chance we get to all see each other. Um, I mean, they get to see each other a bit more frequently than I do because they all live in Bendigo. But um, but yeah, me and one of my other friends, we live, you know, metro. So we can't see them as often. Um, but yeah, so it was it was good. So it was the first time I'd seen them since, yeah, June, I think, June or July. Something like that. So, and I got to spend a whole day with them because we ended up doing lunch and dinner, which was really nice. Um, and then, yeah, Christmas and Bendigo with the family. Um, you know, first time seeing them in a little bit as well. Good to, you know, good to see them and spend a couple of days with them, with mum and dad and my brother. And because um, I didn't work Boxing Day, which is like a sentence you will never hear a retail employee say ever. <laughs> but I, it's true. It happened. I didn't work Boxing Day. Lucky you. I know. <laughs> I know. It was a Christmas miracle. Um, but yeah, so I was very, very, very grateful. Very, very grateful, which is why I did not ask for New Year's Day off because I'm like, no, I'm not going to stretch it. <laughs> I, I got a lucky coincidence that my day off fell, fell on Boxing Day and I'm not going to tempt fate by asking for two big public holidays off in a row. So just, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I was very grateful for that because it was just nice to spend more time with my parents and my brother and, and have a good Christmas. You know, we watched some Hawkeye together, nice. which is nice. Um, and I told fully this story before and I'm just going to tell it again because it's funny as hell. My mother, bless her, we were watching Godzilla vs. Kong and because <laughs> my dad wanted to watch it and we like, you know, like dad likes, well dad likes anything sci-fi, fantasy or any of that is where I get my love for that from and, you know, he was really interested to watch it and uh, yeah, and we watched it um, and it was an interesting movie to say the least. There were some good things. There were some not so good things. It's fine. Uh, and then, and then about halfway through the movie, or like two thirds of the way through the movie, my mom out of nowhere just goes, "This is a stupid movie." <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my! Literally out of nowhere, no prompting. Like no one asked her what she thought of it. Like, oh, mom, what are you thinking of this? And she, she, no, none of that. It was just. Literally, I don't know. I wish I could have remembered what had just happened to make her maybe say it. But there were some <laughs> certain plot elements that just made no sense. Yeah. And it was all a bit far-fetched. And, yeah, she's just gone, this is a stupid movie. I'm like, I love you, Mum. <laughs> Thank you for saying what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> bless her. Um, yeah, so that was good. So it was, a, it was a great Christmas. And then, yeah, the last night, at the time of recording last night, I uh, I went and saw The Matrix Resurrections. Ah, now, how was that? Yes. Well, um, look, it's it certainly is a movie. 
<laughs> um, no, that's that's a bit harsh. No, look, it's it's fine. Like it's fine. I um, we were expecting more. I saw it with Christina, and um, hi Christina, hi Christina. Um, and we were both going into it with, I mean, not high expectations, but like, you know, reasonable expectations that after so long and all of this, it should be decent film it should be a worthy addition the trailers looked good you know whoever edited those trailers did a very good job um but uh yeah it's just it felt a little bit short of what, what we wanted it to be um there was a lot of good things in it like they did some certain things with characters that made sense and was kind of nice mm-hmm. and they did some other things that were just like why that didn't make sense i had there's a lot of like they took a, it's very ambitious the story. Like it's a, it, it in parts it's a bit confusing to follow certain things that are going on. You have to really like focus, pay attention. And it was so shitty because I was so tired because I just worked a nine hour shift, and <laughs> and we went out for dinner and stuff and all that, which was great and it was lovely. Um, but then you know I just I was so because we we had to go to a late screening, so it's the only one we could uh, have the time to do, and I was like. When's this over? I'm so tired. <laughs> at one point, I was only falling asleep, and that was not because the movie was boring. It was just, but it, it. I will say, it tainted my experience of it because okay. I physically wasn't feeling good. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that kind of sucks. But yeah, it's. I'm so glad I saw it, and it looks great on the big screen. The effects are amazing. They do some really cool CGI stuff that looks really awesome. Like it doesn't look bad at all. Like some of the. Uh, the other the other Matrix sequels are known for their questionable effects, considering which is so ironic considering how groundbreaking the first film was in terms of CGI, and the rest is just not so much. But this one was good in terms of that. Like visually, it's gorgeous. So um, yeah, so yeah, I'm not entirely happy with it, unfortunately. But um, but I enjoyed it for what it was, and I'm still glad to have seen it. So cool. Yeah. So if you're a fan of the Matrix series, you'll definitely get a kick out of it, um, especially because they do a lot of callbacks to the first film. Which yeah, is nice. I heard there was a lot of flashbacks in. It's a lot of yeah, a lot of references to the original film and to certain things in the past in the sequels as well. But yeah, mostly just the first film. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's been my December. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there we go. There you go. Take that as you will. <laughs> so, yeah, I lost count. How many times did I go to, have I been in the cinema? Like six times or something? So I've seen Spider-Man twice already. So and I'm going again tomorrow. Because <laughs> why not do that to myself? <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Speaking of movies, mm. we got one to talk about today. We do. Yes, we do. So, basically, uh, we thought, given that finally another... I, one day I will not say finally when a movie comes out. <laughs> one day. It's not this day. Uh, finally, Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming to theatres here in Australia. Uh, uh, similar to Dune, uh, it, w- it came out earlier in the US mm-hmm. than it did here. Uh, but that's okay. All thing- all good things come to those who wait. And by all accounts from, from the States, it sounds like it's a ripper. So I'm very excited. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we thought... Well, I thought really, considering Fulia has not uh, had not seen Ghostbusters two. No, I have not. Um, but she'd seen Ghostbusters one, mm-hmm. and we've been talking about Afterlife on a podcast called Fred a bit because it's come up in the news and the trailers, and 
you know. And you, you, you liked the first film. So, I did. Yeah. So I thought, let's... Let's 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 introduce Fulia to one of my childhood favorite movies uh, uh, before we go see Afterlife. Yeah. Later this week. So yeah. So first off, I think we're just going to start with talking about number one. Yes. Ghostbusters one, which Fulia watched. When did you watch that? Um, it was either earlier this year or last year, potentially. I just can't remember. Okay, that's okay. But not, yeah. but very recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within, within the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, for me, um, so I'm approaching Ghostbusters from, uh, you know, I don't remember a time not being aware of the Ghostbusters. Like, I've, I grew up watching Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2, um, I can't remember which film I watched first. I have a feeling I watched number two before number one because my parents had an interesting approach because it's like I remember I'm pretty sure I saw Return of the Jedi before I saw A New Hope um, from memory So and Last Crusade before Raiders. But anyway, we, 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 this is not the, the time and place <laughs> to talk about the uh, poor chronology of my, my dad's uh, movie choices, but that's all right. I still love him. Um yeah, so I'm yeah I'm a lifelong Ghostbusters fan. Is basically what I'm trying to say, and Fully is a new new fan. So I am. so yeah, the first film I adore through and through, and I can quote it almost word for word in so many parts. <laughs> I love everything about it. It's a perfect film in my opinion. Um, even though you know I recently watched uh, the movies that made us on Netflix. There, there's an episode of that when they talk about Ghostbusters. Have you seen that fully? I have. Yeah. So they go into detail, and I didn't realize that that movie actually had to be made within a very short space of time. Yep. And so many things went wrong. Yep. <laughs> and it's a bloody miracle it even happened in the first yep. place. <laughs> um, so it's insane to me to to learn that. Yes. You know, um, but yeah, I adore it. What What were your like? What are your thoughts on the first Ghostbusters? As someone watching it as you know an adult, what did you think? As a first time watcher of Ghostbusters, I actually enjoyed it. Good. Yeah, it was right. actually it was actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think I'd actually you know be entertained by it. <laughs> um, I suppose the fact that when it, at the time growing up, I'd say my parents probably wouldn't have let me watch it. Purely because of the whole ghost thing and probably would have scared me and stuff. So it's probably why I'd never watched it growing and that's, up. That's fair because these movies freaked me out when I was a kid. Mm-mm. I can see why. Yeah. I can definitely see yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. They're, in, they're a little intense in parts. They are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there was like these just, you know, being introduced to the actual Ghostbusters themselves um, was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you, you, Peter Venkman, Raymond Stantz, uh, Egon Spangler, um, and of course, uh, Winston. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun to watch. Um, I, from what I remember, um, the couch was not a good scene for me. Oh yeah. You're talking, so when... Um, Dana is sitting on the her armchair. Yep, and the hands and then come hands up. just pop out of nowhere. I'm just like, ah, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it's very freaky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, like a lot of um, there are a lot of freaky moments in the film itself. 
Um, you know, and then and then you've got Rick Moranis, like <laughs> holy moly, <laughs> just this goofball comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, Lewis. Oh my gosh, Paul Lewis. Um, yeah, just it was. Yeah, look, overall, I I feel like I really just enjoyed the film mm-hmm. um, as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, the graphics are a little outdated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was still it was still good. Like, yeah. and then seeing you know this giant Stay Puff marshmallow at the I end, know. And it's just like. It classic. was yeah, very classic, mm-hmm. very Ghostbusters. You can definitely see why it's so iconic. Yes. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> um. Yeah. One more thing about the first one before we get stuck into number two. I just have to mention that there will never come a day when I do not laugh at the line. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray. Mwah. <laughs> oh my god just everything that can't like there's this ghostbusters is the reason i became a fan of his like because i was too too young to be aware of saturday night live um and i hadn't seen stripes or caddyshack or meatballs or any of any of that at that point so ghostbusters my was my intro to these comedic legends and just it's why bill murray is one of my favorites of all time and will it always be um because just yeah, his comedic timing is just brilliant, and his Im- Im- improvisational skills is off off the charts. So, but that line just <laughs> I'm done every time. I love it. It's so good. Um, all right, so our main main discussion, um, of course, for this episode, Ghost- yes. Ghostbusters two, number two, number two. So yeah, Folia hadn't seen it before. So literally before we w- recorded this, we sat down together. We we had some delicious chicken and, yeah. and watched the movie together. Um, I've lost count how many times I've seen it now. Uh, <laughs> I can count one. One, one for her. <laughs> one for you, like 15 for me or something. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. And interesting, I will let you know that historically, in terms of just the popular culture, this film is looked down upon. Okay. People in general didn't like it like didn't respond to it as well Mm -hmm. as number one like number one is held on such a pedestal obviously but yeah for some reason number two is not as well regarded by the general public yeah i will defend it i love it and re-watching it again you know for me i don't know if it's the nostalgic glow that that prevents me from seeing any faults with it but for me it's i think it's almost as good as the first one like i think the first one's better because I think it's funnier, it's snappier, it's it's wittier, it's 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 you know, I mean, it's original. Because this one kind of borrows a lot, yeah, from number one. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just the general context on it. Mm-hmm. Um, initial thoughts: What did you think? Did you did you enjoy this? What takeaways? What are you? How are you feeling about it? Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. Um, I would say yes. Uh, the first one probably was a bit better mm-hmm. than this one here, um, and yeah, like the characters still still hit their punches. They were still good. Oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this one, I loved Annie Potts's character, <laughs> <laughs> Janine. Man, oh Janine, my gosh, yeah, like wow, yeah. Interesting tidbit. The reason she looks different in this film is because 
uh, after the success of number one, there was an animated series that featured the, I don't know if it has all the same characters, but Janine's in it and she looks like with the red hair and the dresses and stuff. So that's why she looks like this. In this movie. That is so bizarre. It's so interesting because she's so different in the first one. And she then... really is. And in this one, it's literally red bob, round, thick glasses. glasses. Yeah, she looks amazing in this one. I mean, not to say <laughs> she didn't look amazing in the first one, but she almost looks like a different person. Almost. Uh, her personality was a little bit more... Like, it wasn't the usual one from the first one either. No, she felt a bit more... I don't want to say more feminine, but... You know what I mean? Like she was softer. Yeah. In this, like we're in the first one, she was she was more of a no nonsense kind of gal, and this time around, she's just the pretty girl. Yeah. Which is interesting. I don't know why they did that. I yeah. Uh, I kind of like the personality in the first one. Uh, yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Um, we'll say that you know other characters in here that popped up, um, as kind of like a protagonist. Um, Dr. Juan, Juan, Juan Sauce? Juan? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to pronounce his okay, name. Okay, first off, you mean antagonist. Antagonist? You say pro- protagonist, pro, good, positive. Right. Antagonist, antagonist. anti, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's antagonist. So, uh, it's pronounced Janos. 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 What language does he speak? I, I, I don't know. And I should look, <laughs> I should look that up. Uh, Dr. Janos Poha is the, uh, is our one of our antagonists in this in this movie? Yeah, um, played um, interestingly. Yes, I, <laughs> by Peter MacMichael. Um, yeah, yeah, he's an interesting character. He really is. And and but I feel like he did such a good job with his accent that to the point when I remember being a kid and watching him in this and going, okay, I'm convinced because you know you're eight years old, you don't know any better. To the point where, like, I saw him popping up in other movies and and TV shows uh, after this. For example, uh, Adam's Family 2, Adam's Family Values. Um, Peter MacNichol is in that and his, his normal American accent. And I remember being like, what? <laughs> He's not... He's not, you know, Eastern European. Like, what is, what's going on here? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was fooled as a child. Um, he, apparently, uh, he, his character is supposed to be from Carpathia, so the region where Vigo actually hails from, uh. which is, I think, probably why uh, the painting is there, I guess, and why, why it gets brought out. I don't know. They don't actually go into that too much. In the film, um, but that's yeah, it doesn't matter too much, I don't think. But mm. yeah, he's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting character. So obsessed with Dana. Yeah. Well, just on that, I find it interesting that you see, we were just talking about how Janine changes between one and two. Um, you know, Lewis also changes a little bit because number one, he's the one obsessed with Dana. Like, yeah. He's the neighbor, you know, so close yet so far, always trying to invite her over for drinks, for a party, whatever. Um, and then, you know, in this movie, Lewis is, you know, suddenly interested in Janine and vice versa. Even though in the first movie, Janine was actually interested in Egon. Yeah. Um, and then that never went anywhere. Yeah. Um, and then in this movie, yeah, she's interested in Lewis. Um, 
And then as a replacement for the romantic competition, if you will, um, against Peter, you've got yeah Janosch introduced as yeah. this, the, the kind of creepy boss who just wants to, you know, have a bit, a bit of extra intimate time with Dana. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... Like he plays it well. I think I think he's a great actor. I think he he plays half it well, but it's just creepy. <laughs> half the time I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Yeah. Very thick accent. Yes. Very thick. Very <laughs> very thick. Very convincing in certain ways. But, oh my gosh. But yeah, as a kid I couldn't understand half of what he was saying either, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> because I've seen it so many times now I can just yeah. Mm. I just know. Yeah. But yeah. And then you've got Mr. Peter Vankman. Ah. Oh my well no sorry, not Mr. Doctor. Doctor. Doctor Peter Vank. Doctor Peter Vank. Who when we first see him in this film, he is a TV personality. Yeah. Which I've always taken as a reference to the first film because in it in the first film, um, when Peter's over at Dana's apartment, you know, inspecting it for the first time, um, you know, uh Dana doesn't think he's like a scientist. You don't seem like a scientist. She's like, you're more like a game show host. <laughs> so even though this isn't a game show, he's still hosting a TV show. And I just, yeah. I kind of saw that as like a wink to number one <laughs> in a way. But yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? It is. Mm. And I'm like, my gosh, like he knows that he's be- he's being this fake character on this TV show, like this fake host. Yeah. Um, bringing in all these different Psychic will put in inverted commas, uh, you know, people. Um, and in this one, apparently they know what date the world, the world was going to end. Yeah. Which was like, right, sweet, nice to know. <laughs> one was sooner than the other. Yeah. Well, the sooner one was kind of supposed to be foreshadowing for the movie mm. because... When at the end of the film, when you know things are going down with Vigo, it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, that year. So that's why. But then, I love the fact that like, she, you know, the other woman she name drops like February fourteenth, two thousand sixteen, and I'm pretty sure I <laughs> screenshotted that and posted that <laughs> on my Instagram when that day actually happened. Oh my gosh! Hey, like, we're eh, still here. We're still here. The world didn't end. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. It is. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we sort of find out that, um, you know, Peter still has this sort of, I don't know what it is. Like he still has feelings for Dana. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. Cause I think, yeah, I, I well, it's stated in the film that she broke up with him. Mm. So, um, yeah. Cause it just kind of, things just kind of fizzled out. Like he was very complacent with the, with just being with her and she wanted more and, he just avoided it, and then she's like, "No, well, you're not gonna. Mm. If you're not gonna propose, you're not gonna father my children. Then I'm out." Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, so it's I love the scene at the start of near the start of the film when you know, um, you know the fact the fact that Dana's got goes out of her way to be like, "Don't bring Peter in on this." Yeah. Um, <laughs> keep him out of it. And then he finds his way back in. And then, yeah. And then he, uh, Peter ends up twisting Ray's ears just trying to get an answer. <laughs> so who, are you, who are you helping? Who's this case you're working on? And yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's also interesting to find 
that after the events of the first film, in this film you find out at the beginning that the Ghostbusters just, I don't know, didn't have, what? They were broke. Or the, the, the city decided they didn't need them. Well, yeah, basically what happened, um, the events following the, the first film. So, you know, initially it was all, yay, we saved the day and all this. But then the aftermath of that was, um, you know. He's going to pay for all the damages. You blew up this building. <laughs> um, it's caused all this damage and um, we're suing you, we're suing you. So they just got sued up the wazoo. And, uh, and yeah, and basically we're, we're, um, court ordered not to do their jobs anymore. Mm. So they had to find other ways to make a living, which is why we find Ray and Winston at a kid's party. At the beginning. Such a sad sight. Uh, oh I, my gosh. I love that, that scene. It's so, it's so funny, <laughs> especially the, yeah, the dancing, <laughs> dancing is funny. Uh, yeah, especially because. The so the fun another fun fact the kid that walks after them said you know my dad says you guys are full of crap you know who that is no that is Jason Reitman who is the son of the director <laughs> and the person who has directed Ghostbusters Afterlife oh oh wow yeah. So they put him in the movie and he says That's that. That's so cool. Yeah. I know. I know. When I found that out, I blew my mind. I'm like, That's awesome. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. 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 So basically, yeah, they're not allowed to Ghostbust anymore. And yeah, so they're doing kids parties on the side. Uh, Egon's gone full scientist and he's doing his theoretical research. And you see the foreshadowing for the film of like, we're studying human behavior and responses to certain environments mm. to trigger negative and positive reinforcement and all of that, um, which will play into the whole slime stuff later <laughs> on. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah. And then Ray has his bookstore, um, which I think is lovely because Dan Aykroyd, like in real life is, fascinated with the occult and all that and he's like his father is actually a published author that yeah has a has a uh books about about ghosts and 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 theories surrounding their yes. existence and all that which is so it's really cool to see um yeah but uh, yeah i remember being being weird that like i wonder why they made the decision to have them like to take them down to size like you know the the first film they're these heroes of new york and then all five years have, has gone by and we're finding them and they're, you know, no one knows who they are anymore or they're has-beens and they're just, you know, it's they're disgraced and all this. Yeah. It's, just, it's very, very upsetting. It really is. It's like, what a way to start a movie. I know. What a downer. What a downer. <laughs> but I suppose that also goes into the, the theme of, in this film, where they're really trying to drive home the fact that New York is just a rough place there's a lot of negativity going around. Like you see it immediately the start of the film when, you know, poor little Oscar's carriage runs away and no one tries to stop it. No. Nah. Or the people that Dana's walking past on the street are pushing each other over, arguing, you know, so they're really just going for this. Um, yeah. New York is a bad place and this gives rise to Vigo and his horde of slime. Yes. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. New Yorkers, if you're listening, please tell us if there are good ones out there. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. Yes, we do. We do. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that sort of perplexed me when you see this pram just, you know, on a runaway course Mm -hmm. and no one's doing anything to stop it. Mm. Like, you'd think there'd be, like, an instinct within you to say, Oh, Pram, there's a baby in there. Better stop it. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do just, yeah, think it's because, yeah, they just wanted to hammer home that point. Yeah. And that set up and stuff. So, um, yeah. Gosh, where do we go from here? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean. uh, I, I, uh, maybe the, the scene where the. Uh, after that event where they call in, where Dana calls in the boys. Yeah. And then they start their investigation mm-hmm. where, the, where it takes them down into the street. Yeah, yeah. Because after they investigate Dana's apartment and the, and Oscar, um, they yeah, she shows them the spot in the street where the pram actually stopped. Mm. Um, and then so then they pretend to be construction workers quite hilariously <laughs> putting on these funny New York accents and like yelling at the people like it's just I love I love how committed Venkman is to the bit because yeah. he just you know the guy's just like you know I checked you're not with these companies so tell me another one he's like I've got a major gas leak down here it's just causing all <laughs> kinds of like he just goes for it like I love I love it it's so funny yeah Meanwhile, poor Ray is stuck down the hole. I know, just dangling, <laughs> dangling like a friggin' pinata. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with this river of slime beneath him, and yeah, yeah it's creepy. Mm, it really was. And then you know, the, and then those, and they, and the Ghostbusters end up back in court. Yes, because they cause a power outage. They do. <laughs> so, and because they're not supposed to be uh, practicing. Uh, ghost busting no um they get dragged into court and uh you know bad things are going to happen basically Mm -hmm. um it's not not good but this is this is a great scene i've always loved the courtroom scene yeah in this movie because it's like okay we've the the band's back together kind of thing because it's you know all right now we're at this point where they have no choice but to let us be ghostbusters again because there's a lot of bad vibes in the city and we're the only people that are qualified to stop it. Yeah. Um, so I like that kind of hero moment of redemption that they get in this courtroom. The amount the amount of negativity coming out of that judge's mouth. Oh, he scared me when I was a kid, that guy. <laughs> Harris Yulin is terrifying. Like, my God. It was like, when I was a kid, it was like him and Jack Nicholson scared the shit out of me. <laughs> just goodness gracious. Um, yeah, because he was just yelling and yelling and yelling and yelling at them and yeah. you know, causing the slime to go nuts, and which was what brought the ghosts out. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. apparently they're the ghosts that he put away. Yeah, At, he, in in a particular year. Yeah, he ordered. I can't remember what year it was, but yeah, he ordered their execution. <laughs> and they the came chair. to life uh-huh. as a ghost uh-huh. and started haunting him. Yeah, terrorizing the courtroom, terrorizing <laughs> him. That was, was and the amount funny. of and then the amount of times that he kept yelling at the at the Ghostbusters. You you just do something. You do They're some- like. Talk to my uh, talk to my attorney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we haven't mentioned. They got Lewis to be their 
account, defense counsel and Michael. Which technically he was, what is he, a tax accountant? Yeah, he said he's like, <laughs> he does tax laws and stuff. He's got, I got my law degree at night school. I'm like, that's fine, Lewis. We got arrested at night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Rick, Rick Moranis is just on point. Yeah. Uh, on point with this. Um, yeah, so funny. So, yeah, but no, it's it's good that, yeah, the judge caved and let them suit up again, basically, and take the ghosts down. It was a, it's a great it's a yeah. great scene. And, of course, we have to mention Do, Ray, Egon! <laughs> Funny. That was, that was kind of cute. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so funny. Harold Ramis, God rest his soul, is just so good in this. Like, yeah. I mean, he's good in every everything he, he did. But, yeah, I, his take on Egon... Makes me laugh so much. Like, like, makes me laugh more as an adult than it did as a kid. Like yeah. a lot of, a lot of his humor is very, uh, I want to say intelligent humor, but it's, it's a, it's a bit more highbrow in terms of the jokes landing because he's using scientific puns and things yeah. to make jokes and stuff. Or like, he was a little bit more lighthearted in this one compared to the first one. True, he was. He was, a, yeah, he was having a bit more fun, I think. Yeah. Whereas in the first one, he's a bit more of a pencil neck kind of like, okay, let's, let's take, be serious. Let's be serious. And yeah. in this one, he's just kind of, yeah, he's kind of making jokes and stuff. Mm. A bit more, like, intentional jokes. Yeah. But there's this one line that I just have to mention. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines in the movie, where, like, they're in uh, Oscar's room and they're, you know, him and Ray are like talking and, and he's like, I never had, you know, I never had toys as a, as a kid. My parents wouldn't allow that. And, and then Ray's like, really? Not even a slinky? And he's like, well, I had part of a slinky, but I straightened it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, the delivery on that and just, oh, just comedy gold to me. <laughs> I, I fucking love it. I fucking uh, love it. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Um, yeah, so we have our courtroom scene, which is just awesome. Um, the boys are back, and then we get our montage of the Ghostbusters busting again with a updated version of the song with mm-hmm. some, some rap artists on it this time around instead of Ray Parker Jr. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's good. It's just great to see the boys back, and then we get that, uh, you as you called it, the worst TV commercial you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was so lame. <laughs> it's very, very cheesy. Who are you going to call? <laughs> uh, funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, just too much cheese in that. Yeah, very cheesy. Very cheesy. Very cheesy, but you got to... You gotta love it. One thing I will say, um, during that montage scene, you notice that they have upgraded suits. They do up jumpsuits, so mm-hmm. they're not o- they don't only have the beige ones from the original. Mm-hmm. They have these sort of darker grey ones as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah, I like the darker grey suit actually. Yeah, they look pretty cool. Yeah, I thought they were cool. It would be nice to have seen them actually in action instead of just in a montage because you, yeah. you don't really see them, you know. When they're fighting Vigo, they're wearing the classic suit, which is totally fine. I get that. But yeah, I, it would have been nice to, yeah. see, to see more of it. Oh my gosh. Um, can we 
can we talk about that pink slime? That little scene where they're all just hang- just sort of in a circle at a table with this tub of the pink slime, and they realize what causes it to explode essentially yeah yeah i fucking love that scene that's one of my favorite scenes in the film um probably my top three favorite scenes of this movie it's so good (laughs) so ray and ray and egon to be doing these experiments with the slime and um you know because they've already because this is how clever the writing is and what i like about i mean it's not super clever because it's kind of just you know writing 101 but you know we hear Egon talk about the behavioral stuff at the beginning with the negative and positive mm. reinforcement. And then now in practice with the slime, they're putting their theories to the test, which is really cool. And then we get this awesome scene of them yelling at the slime <laughs> in the <laughs> in the tub and causing it to just in in just large, bubble up. Yeah, quite big. Um, and then this really awkward moment when you know, they're, they're telling, talking about how, you know, we've developed a, you know, a way to turn it around and make it positive and, you know, have, have good slime, basically. And then this awkward moment of like, you're not sleeping with it, are you, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> and then they look at Egon and Egon, Egon's looking all sheepish and stuff. And it's just, it's like, as a kid, that went over my head. And now it's like, as an adult. Watching like, it as an adult, you think... Wait, did he actually? Has he, has he done inappropriate things with this slime? Oh my gosh. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. It is. A bit weird of a, co- uh, a comic beat, but it's, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it, fits with the, it fits with Egon's character, you know, because he's into that shit. Because in the first film, he mentions that he collects spores, molds, and fungus. So he's into weird science goo. Yeah. basically you know so it's it's kind of it fits for him <laughs> um but my my other favorite part about that scene is then as for an example to show the positivity in the slime and how to bring it out they put it in a toaster and make the toaster dance to jackie wilson yeah and i love i love that it's such a cool <laughs> like it's just fun like they're just being fun and funny like you know cheering on the toaster as it's jumping up and down yeah and then and then Bill Murray makes me laugh again so much in this movie when he... This is probably my favourite Bill Murray part of the movie. Well, one of, I don't know, every scene is fantastic. But um, where he go like, <laughs> he puts his hands in the toaster. And he's like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, this is going to... You know, we need to market this and stuff. And then like, no, no, no it's going to hurt people. And like, oh, we won't. We'll put a, like a warning label on it and, or something. And then like he ends up, you know, reacting, like faking out the guys into thinking that the toaster's got him or burn him or something. <laughs> and I just, I just thought, boy, did you ever go for it? The old manning in toaster tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It makes me laugh a lot. Oh, I love it. Gosh. I love it so much. He's yeah. so funny. It just crack, just bloody cracks me up. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like that sequence a lot. Yeah. That was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, where do we go from there? My gosh. Um, well, I mean, we could, speaking of the slime, we could talk about, you know, like the, the creepiness with with the slime being in Dana's apartment in, in the bathtub. Yeah. You didn't like that scene, I, I don't think. No. <laughs> uh, just all this, this like goopy stuff. It was, first of all, it was water that was running. And then all of a sudden this just pink 
goo yeah started oozing out and it's one of those things that you don't want to see come out of your own like sink no or like taps in your bathroom no um because then you know something's wrong <laughs> oh yeah something's definitely wrong <laughs> and in this wrong. instance it was uh, essentially going to be like a human eating slime yeah <laughs> yeah cuz you know vigo wants oscar so you know Dang. Yeah, it's it's not poor good. baby, poor little baby. Um, and then yeah, there's that other moment we didn't talk about where um Janos goes to Dana's apartment after Vigo has you know put his magic whatever on him to make him one of his minions, like his own version of Renfield. And um, <laughs> and then the, this and this scene creeps me out still where he's in the corridor and his eyes light up. Yes. And he just starts walking. Yes. Creepy. Because he's smiling too as he's doing it. He's got like Peter, yeah. Peter McNichol has this way of turning his like joyful smile into this terrifying grin. Oh my gosh. And it was creepy as fuck. Even when he's the ghost later on and he picks up Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that used to terrify me as a kid too. Wow. Yeah. It's freaky, yeah. isn't it? Very freaky. No wonder I didn't watch these as a child. Yeah. I think like for as as, as Creepy as some of the stuff in number one is, like, especially with, like, the visual effects, like, the practical effects of the ghosts in that and the, um, you know, the dogs. Yeah. For lack of a better phrase. Um, it, I think number two is scarier. Can't, yeah. There, there's a lot more to it um, in terms of, like, freaky things mm-hmm. that you see. Um, so I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there was one moment you said that you're like, that's straight out of a horror oh, movie. Oh yeah. Um, so the time, so, uh, I, so Peter and Dana go out on a, an official date. Yes. And, um, the other three wanted to go down and investigate the sewers mm-hmm. and, um, they went to see Peter and he explained the whole situation, what they were going to ha- what was going to happen. Then he asked Dana, I was like, do you, so the boys want me to go down in the sewer and do all this stuff. Is that better? Do you want to skip out on having a lovely dinner and, and go down to the sewers? And just Dana sort of ignores it and keeps and calls out for a taxi. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> and Peter's just like, Women. Because <laughs> we know that he didn't want to do it. No, no, of course not. And he knew she wouldn't either, which is why. Yeah. yeah. And so. uh, bringing back to the point of something freaky. So um, the other three decide they're just going to go down to the sewers anyway. Mm-hmm. And they do. Mm. And apparently it's a uh, an abandoned train line. Yes. Subway train line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they walk through. And all of a sudden... They see something Mm. and it's a severed head and then multiple severed heads surrounded them. And I literally said that was, that is straight out of a horror movie. Yeah, you did. (laughs) You absolutely did. It, yeah, that I will agree with you there. Like, I feel like for me, that sequence is where the movie kind of crosses the line. Like, I think it goes too far mm. with its with its tone because I, th- I feel like what the Ghostbusters films do really well is balance the horror with the comedy, like, super well. Um, but in this movie, I think the tone in certain parts, and particularly in this part, it shifts more to the horror stuff. It went a lot darker. Very much so. Yeah. It's a, definitely a darker movie. And in this moment here, like, it's just creepy enough to hear, like, you know, they're having fun in this 
as they're walking along, they're trying to lighten the mood and they're doing the echo thing, trying to call out to themselves. And then, you know, Winston does it and then he gets nothing back. And then some disembodied voice creepily says his name back to him. <laughs> oh, it's like, so instead, like, and they turn around and yeah, they start seeing all these severed heads start popping, like on spike, on like spikes, just popping up yeah. everywhere. And it's like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, exactly. But they're so creepy looking, and the, whoever, like the team that did the, the the visual effects on them, the the practical effects, yeah, looks so good. Like it looks super. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've done such a good job with those heads. It's just oh, it's yeah, gross. Yeah, I mean, I love horror, but that like that's unsettling. Very unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like ah, uh, no, thank you. Um, can we, can we go now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's when they're like, we're going to go back and get our proton packs. And then they start to hear a certain train approaching, approaching. <laughs> but, um, and then, um, who was it? It was Egon and Ray jump for their lives. Winston didn't get a chance. No, it's a train and scared to his freaking core. <sighs> Just yells and screams, and this ghost train just runs straight through him. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the look on his face after yeah. after that happened is just that was that was funny. It was very funny. <laughs> that was it instantly kind of lightened the yeah the mood from the previous just oh my godness of the heads. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good because it's just, and it's typical Egon and typical Egon fashion is just walk down. He's just like that's. That was that train that crashed and it derailed in 1920. Did you get the number on the locomotive? <laughs> like that's all <laughs> Sorry, he Sorry, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all he cares about is like the signs of it. He's not asking, uh, you know, oh, it's so funny. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at some point as they continue on, they reach the river of pink slime. Slime, yeah. And they go to measure the depth of it, mm. uh, Winston does, and it, get, it gets caught and the slime catches him mm-hmm. and it pulls him in mm-hmm. and they sort of he floats away and then the other two are like damn it we have to jump in after yeah. him and so they jump in once they get out though mm. their tone between each other was so negative yes they were about to kick each other's ass yeah <laughs> yeah or as winston says to ray i was about ready to kill you yep yeah yeah, yeah. So, because the slime obviously is, yeah, is connected to Vigo and it's just manifest of uh, this, you know, the negative and the the awful energy in, mm. New, in New York and just it's turned into this evil kind of sludge that just infects people. Yeah. Really. So, with the, while they were covered in the slime, they just were instantly like wanting to tear each other apart because they're just so angry and so filled with hatred yeah for no reason um which i always found interesting because egon nothing happens to him no he's the one that immediately recognizes. and i don't know if it's just the scientist in him i would say that's probably what it is Mm. but he just immediately goes oh no this is wrong you know take off your clothes and we'll everyone will calm down yeah so that's i've always found that interesting um but then I don't know what possessed them to think it was okay to then run into the middle of the restaurant, <laughs> ruin Peter and Dana's date because they've just rekindled their romance, which is really nice to yeah. see. 
and and then you and know, disturbed the rest of the dis- patrons. patrons. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Covered some poor woman in slime. Oh my gosh! So that was funny. Yeah, yeah. that was good. That was good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then they get taken away um, to speak with the mayor because obviously shit's going down in New York again. Um, but you know. And because, you know, things have just gotten a bit out of control. No one's believing them and then, and then, again. And then no one's... See, that's that's the part of the movie where the logic kind of falls apart yeah. in the story. Because, the you know, obvious, look, obviously they've established well enough that, you know, New York has become this rough place to live. You know, just it's filled with just, you know, people you know, not doing good things, not, you know, the, the better parts of human nature are gone somehow. And it's reflected in the mayor, I suppose, when the mayor is kind of indifferent to what the Ghostbusters are doing. Yeah. He, he's mostly just concerned about just himself and just, you know, not wanting to cause a fuss over the Ghostbusters. Like, he just wants them to kind of go away, even yeah. though they're trying to tell him that, no, shit's getting real and if we don't do something about this slime it's going to get worse and worse and worse and then you know and the mayor just doesn't want to hear it so but so you get that obviously they're trying to you know reinforce this negativity about new york with the mayor here but because it's the same mayor from five years ago that you know let them save the city and you know was you know was mayor when they saved the city so he knows they only have the best intentions. Like he's seen it before, but for, yeah. s- for some reason, because of the obviously the mess that followed after they saved the, the city and they were you know stripped of their ghost busting ability. Like obviously his opinion of them has has changed as well. But I feel like it's, I think it's a, it's a silly trope to fall on. Like I mean I know you've got to create conflict in your story and you've got to. You know, there has to be obstacles for your protagonists to overcome in order yeah. to, you know, for them to fulfill their journey and, and save the day again. But I just, I think it's such a lazy writing trope to have them, you know, overcome the same obstacle they had to overcome in the first film. Yeah. In a similar way, because they even have, you know, uh, a similar character to Walter Peck in this one um, um, with Jack, who is the assistant to the mayor um played by kurt fuller yeah um and he's great at playing an asshole <laughs> or just straight up douchebag i mean we've seen him in supernatural yeah we, we know yeah <laughs> we know um but he's yeah he's just very good at doing that and he plays this sniveling kind of weasel of a of an assistant who just for some reason has it out for the ghostbusters mm. you know and, and they they don't really like the differences between him and walter peck i think are, are vast because you know, Walter Peck worked for the uh, EPA, you know, so he only has, he has the environment's interest at best, you know, really, like at heart, best interest at heart. You know, he doesn't want the Ghostbusters to damage the environment. Like, I don't think he's fighting for himself, I think. I mean, a part of him is in times when they, like, you know, emasculate him with the, this man has no dick. (laughs) Or call him Pecker or all this stuff, you know, all these jokes. But... In number two, Jack is this character who, for just some reason, just doesn't 
want the Ghostbusters to succeed. Yeah. He just wants to take them down. He wants to lock them away. He wants to keep them away from the mayor. And I'm guessing it's probably just to do with the fact that he's in a position of power, sort of. Like, yeah. he's the assistant to the mayor of New York City. Like, that's pretty huge, I guess. And he's just, you know, I think he just, I don't know, wants to stay in the mayor's good graces and tries to do things that he thinks the mayor would want, which is, I think he kind of says that. But, yeah, he's more of a no- one-note villain mm. in this than than Walter Peck was in the first yeah. one. I don't know, what, what did you think about Jack? Um, yeah, he, he was definitely a big asshole. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> a big asshole. Yes. Very big one. Mm. Um, I did not like him, to mm. be honest. Mm-mm. He, yeah, he just rubbed me the wrong way. And yeah. He just, like, he, he just, I, I feel like he didn't, like you said, didn't want the Ghostbusters to succeed. No. And then just decides, you know what, let's just take you to the funny farm. Let's yeah. lock you away in a padded store. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. yeah. And and then you know, it's just it's not even what the male wanted either. It was like I'm gonna do it anyway type of sort of situation. Yeah, I think he just maybe he felt that because he's like I was protecting your interests. Mm. Um, like I think he felt that that's what the male wanted based on the image. I'm supposing the Ghostbusters at that time, even though they were coming back, you know, as a in terms of popularity or whatever, but um, I suppose they portray a certain reputation if you're associated with them because of the, the apparent disgrace they brought on New York. Mm. I don't know. So maybe he was just misguided and just thought, oh, he'll be happy if I do this. Or maybe he just didn't like them. Maybe. Maybe it's that too. Maybe. I, I reckon it's the did not like them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just has it out for him. Has it out for him. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the Ghostbusters go see the mayor and they try unsuccessfully to convince the mayor to help them this time, whereas it worked in the first film and didn't work in this one. And then, yeah, they get, Jack ends up committing them to a psychiatric hospital. Um, And the doctor in the scene where he's like asking them how they're doing, that doctor's played by one of Bill Murray's brothers. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which I didn't know when I was a kid, but as an adult, and I found that out, I'm like, oh, okay, you can see the resemblance um, in them. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, both of Bill Murray's brothers were were actors, or at least one of them was. Yeah. Brian Doyle Man- uh, Murray is one of um, um, Bill's brothers, and he, yeah, he, he was in Groundhog Day with Bill Murray as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway... So me with my trivia, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's funny. Then, but then you know, shit. That's when shit really gets real because the river, river of slime just starts getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then it ends up forming a shell over the museum. Museum. To protect Vigo, I imagine. From yes. Ca- so he can carry out his evil plan. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Yeah. Twirl the mustache. <laughs> um, and then all these. Ghosts and spectres start appearing mm. across New York. Yes, they do. Yeah. What were your thoughts on all of the the way the ghosts looked and stuff? Um, duh, look. <laughs> look, it was 1989, okay? Yeah, I'm going to try and keep that in mind. <laughs> the visuals were okay. <laughs> the ghosts were all right. Um, I suppose for the time they were okay. Okay. But looking at it now, I'm just like, nah, that's not convincing. <laughs> yeah. 
But anyway, we we won't put we won't put the the, the CGI effects uh, on on uh, on on trial here. It's no. fine. Um, no, I mean the, the, you know all the the chaos that ensues when um, when when the the pink slime ends up covering the museum. And then all this like neg- negativity then f- gets all these you know ghosts to come forth and it's um just you know everybody's running for their life because they're seeing ghosts now mm-hmm. and my god my goodness and then we find out Slimer is still alive yeah Slimer is still a thing apparently this is uh, because um, so Slimer was also in the animated series ah. they had him as a character so he was actually like. He lived with the Ghostbusters in the firehouse as sort of a pet. Right. Yeah. So because he was so popular amongst the kids, they decided to include him in the sequel. Okay. So that's why we that's why we see Slimer again. Right. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> You're not a fan of Slimer. Yeah, it's a bit too green. It's a bit too. I I think it's more more a case of the fact that he he's he's just a freaking trash can. Like he'll eat anything. Just shoves everything in his mouth yeah. and just goes and leaves these little green goop everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I That's don't know. Okay. <laughs> I I particular. Well, I, I like the scene where Slimer's driving the bus. Okay, that was kind of funny. Yeah, especially when he's picking up Lewis, Lewis who's who's decided to become a Ghostbuster. <laughs> he's now a Ghostbuster. Yes, <laughs> put one of Egon's suits on, and he's got oh, these earmuffs going. And so it's, cute. It's so cute. <laughs> um, yeah, and Slimer picks him up. Um, the one thing about the when all the ghosts start appearing that gets me is I love the fact that they were like. The Titanic's arrived. Yeah. Like, the, and all of the passengers are actually walking off. They're walking off. They're stepping onto the pier. And apparently, because it's they say in the movie Pier 34, apparently that is the actual pier where the Titanic would have docked. Oh, really? So they did their research. Wow. Yeah. So if it had it pulled in, that's where it would have pulled in. Wow. Yeah, but then, you, yeah, you see this giant ship. With a hole in the front of yeah. the freaking ship. <laughs> yeah. That's also the interesting part about it is the fact that, I mean, I don't know in terms of the timeline, I can't remember if this movie was made before or after the remains of the Titanic were found. Because I know the remains of the Titanic were found in the 80s, so maybe it was before the movie. But I may it may have been before they knew how the Titanic went down exactly. Like they knew it hit an iceberg and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of the damage caused... I don't think they knew it was only like small holes. Yeah. Like, as you see in the James Cameron it's, film, yeah. it's just these print pick of holes that just causes all that, you know, damage and destruction and stuff. But there isn't this massive hole like you no. see in the Ghostbusters film. So yeah, that's yeah. not scientifically accurate. No. But I don't think that really matters. No. It's just something that's always kind of fascinated me. Yeah. But the one thing I will say about that scene that sort of made me giggle was the workers that were there at the dock mm. who see the Titanic come through. And then the other one of them says, better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just stunned and he just, yeah. Well, better late than never, I guess. Yeah, you know? pretty much. It's very, yeah, it's good. <laughs> good. It's good, it's good. Um, yes, well, another thing that I, I noticed you enjoying was the fact that Janine and Lewis end up hooking up <laughs> yeah. because Janine gets asked to babysit Oscar <laughs> and then Lewis finally gets the courage to, you know, 
ask her out basically which yeah. is really sweet and they have this funny discussion in the middle of the road and lewis ends up blocking traffic and <laughs> it's quite quite funny but yeah and then they end up you know they're supposed to be babysitting oscar and they put him to bed and then you know janine just makes her move then, oh yeah and then they're they're he, he was yeah. such he was such <laughs> a shy guy in that in that particular moment because if honestly I'd be the Lewis in that situation. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Especially younger me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd just be babbling on. Yeah. Because I'd feel the nerves as soon, you know, as yeah. soon as you can feel them getting closer. Yeah. And just so, yeah, that, that, that seems accurate. It is. No, it was very realistic <laughs> in that way of like, you know, he obviously likes her, but he doesn't know how to approach it whereas she's more of a straightforward kind of person yeah first move let's get let's get to it yeah (laughs) and then you know and then i love the fact when dana gets home and you know suddenly lewis is like he's still his awkward self but as soon as dana leaves the room he's this like you know let's stay and then (laughs) and then they're pushes her on the couch and they're making out again like it's, it's it's great it's great. Yeah. 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 No, that was a lot of fun to yeah, watch. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, cool. Well, you know, we get our um, uh, big finish with with Vigo, um, you know, attempting to possess the poor baby. Mm. Um, what did you think of Vigo as a villain, as the as the prime antagonist of this film? The painting itself was very creepy. Very creepy. I did not like it. No. <laughs> no. Um, and, but the fact that, um, oh, what's his name? Janos. Janos. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The fact that Janos is like doing his absolute best to sort of like protect it from, from everyone. Yeah. No photographs, please. <laughs> you can get prints in the gift shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, like he didn't really, to be honest, didn't really do much until the end. No. Like the only thing you see um, Vigo do is sort of hypnotize, I suppose, Janosch, or you know, bestow some form of like magic powers magic on him. Yeah. And um, and that's pretty much it. And and then just sort of does like little looks here and creepy smiles there and. Tries to push through the painting a little bit. You don't really see him do much. Yeah. I suppose it's probably because, you know, he's he's trapped within the painting, obviously. And mm. he needs Oscar as a vessel to be able to reincarnate properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can kind of vibe with that, I think. The fact that he has to use Janosch as his, as I said earlier, as his Renfield, as his, you know emissary to kind of go out into the world to find a baby um to you know carry out his evil plans essentially yeah. so it's kind of that trope of you know the the bumbling minion um working for him so he can actually be, get the full power of you know his potential kind of like the voldemort situation in yeah Harry sort Potter. of like how quirrell is sort of yeah absolutely or how you have um wormtail yeah. later on yeah very much so very much so. Yeah, yeah, it's that trope of yeah the the side the sidekick who does all the work for mm. you because the villain is either too weak or just you know can't do it himself. Yeah. Um, fun fact: 
So the um, the actor who played Vigo was uh, Wilhelm von Homburg, yes. um, who you can actually see in Die Hard. Um, he's one of uh, Hans Gruber's goons um, in the movie. James? Uh, I don't know if he's James. Well, yeah, okay, James, you're looking, sorry, she's looking directly <laughs> at Wilhelm's filmography. James, yes. James. Yes, James must be his name. Um, yeah, he's the brother of the main, the main goon, like the one that um, John McClane goes up against last with the blonde hair. Yeah. So he's his brother. He gets killed oh. earlier in the film and that makes the brother ma- angry. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who he is in Die Hard. So he was in Die Hard the year before this and then they cast him in this to play Vigo. Um, so interesting fact, um, in the film... Um, it's not actually Vigo's voice. That is not actually Wilhelm speaking. Uh-huh. They uh, originally, when it was filmed, I believe he did speak all his lines. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't know why. So feel free to at us with the the reason behind it, because I don't actually know. But his voice was changed. Okay. And dubbed by um, a very famous actor um, by the name of Max von Sydow. Okay. Um who uh, passed away not too long ago, but he was in The Exorcist uh, and a bunch of other uh, fantastic films. Um, and he had a small role in the in Force Awakens yeah. um, as well. So they got him to dub over Vigo's lines and dub over Wilhelm's lines. So uh, apparently Wilhelm found out um, at the premiere at the premiere. They didn't tell him. Wow. Yeah. And the story goes that he stormed out in... In a half. In a half. Oh, uh, I would too. Yeah. So he's in the movie, but he's not in the movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty shitty, actually. That is so rude. I know. I don't know why. Because he's great. Like, he's such a menacing presence in the yeah. film. Yeah. So I'm guessing they felt that his voice maybe didn't have the sound that they wanted it to maybe i mean similar probably similar to the fact that you know in star wars when david prowse was darth vader in the suit right and he was speaking all of the dialogue to everyone around him with his own voice through the mask um and then he found out later obviously when he went to see the movie that it was james l jones that had dubbed that, him why did yeah i don't understand why it's like why do you cast these actors yeah if you're not gonna use, you're not their, gonna voice. use their voice yeah like it just i don't know it, it would it like it okay fair enough you like the voice is not what you were hoping for but the least you could have done is at least let them know this is what's gonna happen yeah instead of him not knowing yeah and then going like why do i not sound like me yeah yeah yeah. Well, half weird. the time I couldn't even understand what was being said by him anyway. So yeah, he... it was so like edited to the point of it's just, it's not, it's inaudible. It did have a, yeah, it did have a bit of a, um, like a flange or something on yeah. it. Like a bit of a, you know, echo to it that kind of made it hard to, and because of the fact that it was dubbed over, mm. the way that Wilhelm's saying the words don't always match up with how Max von Sydow is dubbing yeah. the words. Like, they do a good enough job, but it does kind of... Like, when you know that that's what happened, it kind of takes you out of the film a little bit, 
Um, so thankfully I didn't find that out until years later. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I look, I, I like, I like Vigo as an antagonist though. I think he's, yeah, like I said, very intimidating presence, very, you do, I think they very successfully communicate to us how evil he is and how villainous he is. And the fact that he was this figure in the, you know, 16th, 17th century that just, you know, ruled with an iron fist and took pleasure in, in harming people. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, was one of the worst humans to ever live. Um, you know, so I really like, and I think that he, his appearance physically backs that up for me. And yet the painting is creepy. Yeah. Will always creep me out. That painting. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very creepy. I wonder who has that prop. Yeah. Who's, I wonder who's got it (laughs) after all this time. Um, but yes, I think my, uh, you know, my favorite, probably my favorite scene in the film, I would say, which is nice because it's the scene that really turns things around in the story. It's where, you know, the boys have arrived at the, the museum. The, you know, the um, proton packs are not doing anything. They can't break the shell. And then they realize they need to try a different approach. And then they get the idea of putting their own patented positive slime on the Statue of Liberty. On the inside of Statue of Liberty. On the inside of the Statue of Liberty. To get her to move from the island that she resides, walk all the way across the, what is it, a lake or a river? Oh, it's the New York Harbor. Harbor, Harbor, sorry. And then, you like, you notice that how deep this water is yeah with that statue walking across mm-hmm. and then once she gets across she's walking through the streets as if it's a parade yeah <laughs> yeah because i mean it's it's new year's eve and i think the crowds have just turned out because it's new year's eve and new york is known for being a place to be to yeah. bring in the new year especially in times square but you know they were like what better way to make people positive by using the symbol of freedom and new beginnings yeah to really just you know get the vibes up and then the fact that they're playing you know you know lifting me higher and higher like yeah. jackie wilson in the background <laughs> i watched every time i watch that i can't wipe the smile off my face like it really <laughs> it really goes goes hard with the, the the positive vibes and it does such a good job and the boys are so funny when they're up in there and you know He's like, oh, she's tough. She's a harbor chick. <laughs> you know, like Ray going, sorry, my fault about a cab car that gets stomped on yeah. like, cop car. Rather. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. What did, what did you think of that sequence? Like, uh, did, yeah, no, that was definitely a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I just was, I would like you, I was smiling yeah. throughout that scene. <laughs> It's unbelievable to see a statue just walking across yeah. the city. Yeah. It's a sight. It's a sight to behold. Yeah. And I think however they pulled off that visual effect of that, I think it looks good. It really does. I think yeah. it holds up. It does. It yeah. um it definitely looks um pretty cool. Yeah. So I did enjoy that. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's good. And then they get to use her torch and smash the top of the museum and get in that way to, to battle off with, with Vigo and mm. And Janosch. Um, yeah. Some creepy stuff there at the end, too, with, like, Ray getting 
possessed for yeah. a second. Yeah. I did not like that. No, it was creepy, wasn't it? Yeah. I hated like that was the part I didn't like when like that as a kid that made me even more terrified because suddenly you know Vigo gets put back in the painting and then. He turns into this kind of demon looking thing with this massive head and these horns coming out and these black eyes with red pupils and just, oh, it's grotesque. It was ugly. Yeah, it's very grotesque, <laughs> very unsettling. And then, yeah, and then Ray, who we saw previously in the film, you know, whilst Vankman's doing his, you know, photo shoot <laughs> with the with the painting so funny um and yeah ray's like hypnotized and then here it happens again and mm. yeah that was creepy yeah it's very creepy um yeah but then you know they managed to save the day they did as they do with lewis out the front think, thinking, thinking that he, he actually did something <laughs> yeah thinking he was you know the reason that the shell broke off and that. oh i'm sure you helped in some small way i i think so yeah a for effort a for effort <laughs> a for effort yeah um and then yeah there's a painting of the ghostbusters with, yeah with oscar so weird <laughs> look it's a little uh i think it's a little cheesy in hindsight very I think, yeah. I think at the time i think at the time it's kind of cool but i think now to myself, I'm like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a cool painting. <laughs> it really is. I love I love how like, you know, Venkman's being Venkman and and uh and Egon's being Egon, even though he doesn't have glasses, but he's like he's holding a book and Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's a great painting. It really is. Yeah. It is a beautiful painting. But <laughs> but it's just very it's a weird inclusion. It, at the, at like the how like how and why that even happened. Yeah. Yeah. Is um yeah yeah it doesn't make it I mean I know it's a movie about ghosts <laughs> but it doesn't make sense Mate, it doesn't make sense yeah it doesn't make sense um yeah I mean I don't know that's Ghostbusters too I don't really yeah. know what else to say there's probably parts we forgot but I think we covered most of it pretty much yeah, yeah. I think we've pretty much covered everything that happened in the film <laughs> um yeah. Safe to say, uh, yeah, I still love it, and I will always love it. It's 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 a wonderful movie that yeah I probably watched when I was too young <laughs> yeah to watch it, but that's okay. Yes. Um, I turned out all right mostly. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> most mostly mostly. Um, but yeah, you loved it. I um, I enjoyed you it. You enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. Um, probably need to watch it maybe another time, like in the future. Um, maybe after watching Afterlife, um, just so that in case there are things that I missed. Yeah. 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 Well, you pick up with more rewatches. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least now we are prepared. We are prepared. Yes. For Ghostbusters Afterlife, Afterlife that's yes. coming out on New Year's Day. Yes. Coming out on New Year's Day here in Australia. Um, yes. Very much looking forward to seeing that. Yes. Um, you know... I, I've said this to a few people, but I, I'm sure it's going to make me cry because um, the story seems to be, you know, it's focusing on Egon's, you know, family. It's his daughter and his, his grandkids. Yeah. And he's no longer with us, obviously, because Harold Ramis is not here anymore, which yeah. is very sad. Um, but it seems like they're doing a very good job of upholding his legacy mm. and the legacy of Ghostbusters, especially because it's directed by Jason Reitman, who is Ivan Reitman's son. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And it's just really good that they finally had a 
story because that was one of the things I think that prevented a third film from happening. Like there was going to be a third film. I think one of the main reasons it didn't happen is because Bill Murray and Harold Ramis actually had a falling out famously after they worked on Groundhog Day together. Um, and they didn't reconcile until just before Harold Ramis passed away. Um, so, which is very sad, but they, you know, they fixed their, their relationship at least. Um, and then I think the other big reason was, yeah, they just never could come up with a good enough story. Like Ivan Reitman has said for years, like if there was a story that was good enough, we'd try and make it work. Yeah. And that's why now they finally found the right way to approach a return to the series. Yeah. Um, and I think it looks amazing. It really really does. Yeah, it looks it looks good. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. Yeah, yes. We'll have our, our thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife next episode. Probably not a whole podcast worth, but no. um, we will mention it at least. Yes, we will. When we go see it. Um, before we wrap up, I did just want to quickly mention the 2016 reboot. <laughs> uh, the all-female Ghostbusters yeah, film. Yeah, let's just say... That that was the first time I watched a Ghostbusters film. Yeah, I and, started with that one. And and some people right now are hearing that and crying. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Better late than never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to quote a wise harbor man. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the the the, the reboot attempt was noble. Um, I am. I, I. I will defend certain aspects of it because I think it's a fine film. It's not that bad as people. Some people seem to think it is. And yeah. Um. You know, I'm a big fan of all of the actors in it. You know, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones. Like they. They do such a good job with the characters yeah. and you know what they do and all of that. Like it's. It's brilliant in that sense, and the, the special effects are are not too bad. And Chris Hemsworth is the funniest secretary i've seen in any movie yeah he really is like he's just brilliant he's so good at comedy um <laughs> i love his the fact that he's just this dumb-witted idiot um the one thing about that that reboot i didn't enjoy was the fact that they they did this really lovely thing and were like let's include the og cast right yeah. so they brought all five main cast members back um you know, well, with the exception of, again, Harold Ramis, who had passed away not long before that movie came out. But they did a nice tribute to him. There's a bust of him in a hallway at the university where Kristen Wiig's character works. That's very nice. Um, and there's another lovely tribute they do, or a couple of, like, they make um, Sigourney Weaver, she, they bring her into it, and she's like this scientist woman with Kate McKinnon uh, in like a mid credit scene. Yeah. Which I kind of feel like it's a little insulting to put Sigourney Weaver in a mid credit scene like that, but uh, yeah. but eh, whatever. Um, and then the other cool thing they did was bring um, Ernie Hudson back and uh, they kind of imply that it's Winston, but they don't explicitly say, but basically he, you know, He's Leslie Jones's character's uncle, I believe. Yeah. And that's how they get the car because he, you know, he's a funeral director or whatever. And so he has a hearse that he, you know, gives them mm. or, you know, lends to them. That yeah. gets trash and he gets pissed off. And I like that kind of thing. But then the shit I didn't like was the cameos they gave to Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Were really bad. <laughs> yeah. Especially because... They turned Bill Murray in, in this in this movie into an awful critic, like a, a newspaper critic, 
who gets killed by a ghost. Um, and I'm like, all right, sure. But then the one that pissed me off the most was Dan Aykroyd's character in it. He cameos as a New York cab driver and he says, I am afraid of no ghosts. And I'm like, no, that's it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. And it's, I hate it. I hated it. It was cheesy as fuck and I didn't like it. That's my least, that's my least, it makes me want to throw up. That's my least favorite part of the movie. But anyway, it's, it's fine for what it is. Yeah. It's worth mentioning in, in terms of the Ghostbusters canon, even though it's like an alternate universe sort of a situation that feels like, but mm. yeah, I don't yeah. know. But anyway, enough about that. Yeah. You kind of have this look on your face. You're like, Kendall, shut up. <laughs> Stop talking about this average movie. Um, <laughs> yes, that's, that's enough Ghostbusting, I think, for yes. one episode. Hope you guys enjoyed listening yeah. to us ramble about Ghostbusters. Yes, it was um, lots of fun. Lots of fun. I'm so glad to have introduced you <laughs> to number two. Yes. Um, and I really, yeah, I really hope you get something out of Ghostbusters Afterlife when we go see it. Well, I, now I'll know the references. You'll get the references now. <laughs> exactly. I really hope, like, because in the trailer there's been references to number one, but yeah. I, I really hope they reference number two. Yeah. But we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Speaking of fun things. January is a thing that's approaching in a few days. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is the new year. It's the new year. What do you got planned for you? Uh, probably going to be hanging out with some friends, um, play some board games, some video games, chill out. Probably That's about it. It's got to be a very chill new year for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. And then your j- January as a whole? My January as a whole, well, I'd say work will probably slow down. Yes, it does. Um, but I'll still be working. Um, I've got... Um, uh, so now I'm going to have some more time to do some content for my Foolish Fuji Yay. stuff. Um, so definitely be going to be looking into that. Oh, that's a milestone I didn't mention. I finally hit 100 subscribers on my YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. Before the end of the year. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Congratulations. So you, you can now find me at youtube.com forward slash Foolish Fuji. <laughs> yeah, you get your own URL. I got my custom one. URL. Yes. That was the only reason why I wanted to hit 100. Oh, that's so exciting. And then the rest is all got to be just fun times. Great. <laughs> that is awesome. Very happy yes. for you. Yes. So that is a, a little milestone that I'm very happy to hit before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's thanks to my Foolish community. I absolutely love them. Thank you so much. Yes. They really pushed to get me over 100. Yeah. They all like got to- just tagged all of their all of the peoples in their own Discord servers. And I'm just like, oh, you guys. You've got a great bunch of followers. Yeah, yeah. they're awesome. You're they're very, a lot of fun. They're they're my family now. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so nice. Yeah, it's so nice. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, I've got a lot of um, content ideas brewing for the new year. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like what my January is going to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, just going to be about making my content, mm. um, doing the streams, and uh, and working and. Um, yeah, hopefully seeing more movies. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, Ken? No, how's your January looking? Yes. Well, at this point, um, it's looking busy already. I've got a lot of things planned. Yeah. A few things in the works. I'm 
Yeah, I've taken some time off work in late Jan into February, so I'm excited about that. Have a nice, well-deserved break, I think, after so long of just, you know, powering through, you know, a pandemic, <laughs> barely taking a break myself, you know, working full time and, mm. you know, I need a I need a mental health break, so I'm 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 taking some me time. Yeah. Um, but I will also make the time to, you know, see family and friends and and just relax in general, maybe travel a little bit. Nice. Be fun. Um, and yeah, of course, I'm just planning on watching a lot more movies, you know, all of the films. Yes, all of, the films. all of the films. All of the films. And the first movie, yeah, we'll see for 2022, which I can't believe I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Um, I also have plans to go see House of Gucci. Oh, um, I really want to see that. Yeah, so oh, my gosh. That comes out on, on Sunday as well. Ah. So, yeah. Or Saturday, I should say. Because um, that's January the 5th. Um, yeah, so that's going to be fantastic. Um, and then, of course, we're ramping up into awards season now. The Golden Globes are soon. Um, and, yeah, and then the Oscars will be at the end of March. So, yeah, all of the the the, the hype hype trains for the, the Oscars will start yeah. to begin. I'm very looking forward to seeing Spencer. Um, that comes out yeah. uh, in a couple of weeks, finally, here in Australia. Uh, Nightmare Alley's coming. Guillermo del Toro's new film that looks spectacular. Very excited for that. And, of course, Morbius yes. is finally coming out as well. So uh, good to see uh, my man Jared Leto up on the screen. Mm, another Marvel film to come. Another Marvel film. Well, it's a Sony Marvel one, but it may be connected to Spider-Man. So mm. we will find out. Yeah, we will. We will. But, yeah, that's pretty much my January at this point. Nice. I'm excited. Yes. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And let's hope for some warmer weather, please. Yes. Well, I mean, we're bringing in the new year quite hot. Yes. So I know. <laughs> it's, going, it's going to hit, well, probably in parts of Victoria, it's probably going to hit 40. But in Melbourne here, I think it's looking like to be like 35, 36 or something. 37. Like, yeah, I can, yeah, feeling it already. Yeah. So <laughs> glad I'm going to be staying inside this New Year's and... Probably, Me too. Yeah, underneath an aircon, I think. Me too. <laughs> yeah. No outdoor activities planned this year. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> I've, I've pretty much become a, a, a little hermit crab, uh, especially during the, the whole lockdown situation with the pandemic. And yeah. Um, and I don't go out as much. So, especially outside as in, in the sun. Yeah, yeah. So, even though I still look olivey tan... I'm not getting the extra tan. You're not getting your usual summer tan. No, no. Okay. My usual vitamin D. Do something about that. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm Maybe try- I might go to the pool. I'm trying know. to tell a gamer to go outside. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Who am I kidding? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's fine. You do what you want to do. Yeah. It's your life. That's fine. Yeah. All good. All good. Yeah. All good. All right, well, I think that's it. That's pretty much it. That's it. That wraps it up. Our last monthly of 2021. Yay. Yay.
Thank you all so much for all of your awesome support. Thank you yes. for listening yes. to our podcast throughout the year. We yes. really appreciate it. We do. And um, we just, we love you for yes. for listening. So. Yes, we, we love every single one of you. Yes, Thank we you. really do. All the support, just in general for Fred the Alien Productions. We, we really do appreciate the the listenership that we seem to have. Yes. It's small, but it's definitely there. Um and please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to engage with you. Yes, definitely. Give us some feedback. Let us know your thoughts on uh, on on the year of podcasts that you have listened. Yeah. You know, give us a rating over on uh, Apple Podcasts yes, and Spotify. And Spotify. Spotify has just recently opened up um, reviewing of podcasts. Oh, good. So you can Get now do that. Get, yes, uh, rate, rate and review us. Definitely. Please. Let us know. Uh, what you think what, about yeah. uh-huh. um, our content? We good would really bad. appreciate it. Yes, Feed- yes. All feedback is good feedback, in my yes. opinion. So we would love to hear you, and it out. definitely helps us to be able to give you better content in the future. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's what we are here to do. Yes, is entertain. So exactly. Yes. So here's to 2022. Yay! Yay! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! I can't believe it. It's. <laughs> All right, here we go then. And that's a wrap on this monthly. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head on over to youtube.com forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. Yay! Yay! That was a full year. That was a candle. And, and you've just experienced the monthly at Winifred's. Winifred's. Fireworks, fireworks. Done. New year coming at ya. Goodbye, 2021. Yes. Hello, 2022. Yes, let's set our expectations very low. 2022, <laughs> you have a small bar to, to, to hit. Like, yes. You really do. So just, just hit that. And we're good. And we're good. Yep. Hashtag no lockdowns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, no, bring on the new year. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.